Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. Good people, welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about creating top funnel, welcome. Because today I'm so excited to learn more about that. I know how it's important to create content that will sell products. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Daisy Pollard. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, big pleasure, big pleasure. I know that you have extended experience. I know about that. I check out your LinkedIn profile. I check out your portfolio. I know, wow, I'm so excited to learn more about that. <laughs> I like your smile. And I know you have experience in the, you former Miss Jamaica International. Wow, actress. Yeah. Oh, business person investor love it love it daisy tell more about your self-experience background and why you decided to share with us about this topic yeah well thank you for having me um so i started my career as a model as a commercial print model which meant that i spent a lot of time smiling in front of the camera so this was before you know the digital age uh, so it was a lot of like print you know print catalogs and stuff mm -hmm. like that before e-commerce um and i got really lucky in 2005 and i had the opportunity to represent jamaica at miss international in japan and miss asia pacific international in china and then miss earth in the philippines and then miss beauty queen world in malaysia and that really was a a, a huge door opener for me um without you know we just had the miss universe so I'm sure you have Miss, Miss Ukraine, you know how much of a huge opportunity that is for anyone that gets on the stage. Um, and, and then, you know, a lot of floodgates opened in, in terms of business opportunities. And at that time, it was just like social media was just starting with like MySpace and stuff like that. So I, being in America and having a lot of exposure to Hollywood, so I'd already been to Hollywood, um, I was right at the forefront of seeing social media start and grow. And that gave me a lot of ideas because there were no more gatekeepers. And you can like really create a large fan base just by being yourself and you know sharing your message or whatever it is you wanted to share. So I, I really honed my craft uh, with MySpace and creating content for my for MySpace. I feel like I'm promoting MySpace here. And then came Facebook and YouTube and and all of that. So I was very early to social media, and I got you know a front row seat to uh, how to create content and get people to get familiar with who you are and what you're about very very early. Um, and if you can ride any train of any platform and and get out there, get your product out there, get your name, your brand, whatever it is that you want to get out there, you can. Um, just by, you know, continuously creating what we now call top of funnel content. Nice, nice. I, I love your background. Love it. Uh, let's start uh, with something that you mentioned about being yourself. You know, I, I often get the question, uh, please share a list of best practices. Tell what actually works today. And, you know, I, I found that many content creators copy others. No, they check out influencers. They check out some content that uh get results and go ahead with that but uh they fail because uh it's not like to copy others it's more about being yourself can you tell more about that how it's important for you to be yourself don't copy others don't replicate existing content and mm -hmm. share uh, about your uh, natural background 
Yeah. So, you know, some people find it very difficult to be themselves and they, they don't know how to communicate who they are and what they're about in a way that engages an audience. And, and the, the reality of that is that when you're just starting out and you're just getting into, you know, creating content for Instagram or YouTube or whatever, you're going to look at other people as role models and that's okay. And you're going to get ideas and influence from the people that you admire and that you, you know, like consuming their content. But over time, you're going to have to figure out like, who are you and what are you about? What are your favorite things? What do you like creating content about and what you don't like creating content about? Now, I'm a very, like everyone else, we're very multidimensional people. We like to do different things. You know, my one of my favorite uh, hobbies is running. And, you know, I had a really difficult time in the beginning making content about running because mm -hmm. it was something that I did by myself, right? And I, it was like my personal private life. And it took me a really hard time to, you know, miss, to take time to make content about running. And I had to look at a lot of influencers, a lot of running content creators to get ideas about how I wanted to do that. And then over time, it became my own, you know, because I was like, well, I don't have all these like fancy running routes or I don't, you know, I don't wear, I don't do this style or I don't talk about the running clothes fashion and stuff like that. But what do I talk about? Well, I do talk about how running is help, helps with like business performance. It helps with um, performance and stamina as a model, you know, all of those things. And so I found a way to turn it into my own. And so I think that you need to pick like some pillars for yourself, um, some really practical ways to um, implement content creating in your own life is, you know, pick two or three pillars that you, that represent who you are. So what do you do for a living? Um, what is your job? What is your career? And, and what is your, uh, what is your, you know, your passion, right? And, and hopefully those three things align. So sometimes what people do for their job is not what their long-term career goals are. Um, and then their passion sometimes is related and it's not related. But you know, you have to figure out what, you know, anchor those. And then one by one, you can add layers and you're gonna figure out what your your niche, as we call it, and you know, content marketing, what your niche is. Um, and, and then you can figure out like how to productize and how to turn that into something that you can then monetize or you know, expand your career on. Nice, nice. Yeah, valuable. Okay, let's talk about choosing the right network. Uh, you mentioned about mm -hmm. Instagram, uh, other social media. So uh, can you tell how to choose the right one? Because, you know, I see when content creators copy uh, famous uh, influencers like Gary Vee. You know, uh, mm -hmm. he, he's everywhere. But he's everywhere. He has resources. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But yes. he has resources. He has a team. He has. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, he started on Twitter as well. He started mm -hmm. uh, to post on tweet uh, on Twitter to reply to all comments about wine because he promoted his business. So tell how to choose the right strategy and what do you think about repurposing content? Okay, first of all, I love, I'm just going to jump, skip in here. Like, I love repurposing content. It's like my favorite thing to do. Um, and I love re-editing content that's already been created and posted on one platform and remixing it and put it on another platform. I think that you have to make it manageable for yourself because you will burn out and you will quit. Um, I have definitely needed to take content breaks. Um, I have built in vacations into my content strategy. So I hear you with the burnout and and with like, you know, wanting to like just quit and, and, you know, not creating original pieces of content for every platform. So here's how I look at it. 
depending on who you are, what is your strong skills? So my strong skills starting out was face to camera content, just doing what I do, right? What I'm doing right now is just talking to the camera. That is just my natural ability. You know, I started as a model. So obviously taking pictures is the number one thing that is comes natural to me. Of course, when you're creating content for a platform, you know, you're not always working with photographers. You know, you have to like use your iPhone and your stand and, you know, use a remote and stuff like that. So that takes some getting used to because you don't have the feedback, right? But like I started with uh, with MySpace, like I told you, it was a very visual content, a visual platform. Um, and then I migrated over to Facebook and everything was text based, you know, and then came photos and then came video. Right. And so when there was Facebook and there wasn't an Instagram, you know, I had to get comfortable with writing out you know, working on my writing skills, writing out what I'm doing, checking in in places, making it relevant, and then adding a photo to it. And what I loved about that was that adding photos became, was not about the polished, finished result. It was not about like looking like you just came out of Vogue. It was really about people, you know, uh, re recognizing you for, you know, who you are in your everyday life. So it was a really great strategy for making your fans feel closer to you because they get to see you without makeup on, without the production and everything, and you can engage with them more frequently. When now, if you are, so if you're creating for like Instagram, which we you know have today and is the number one photo app, then now you could argue photo video app. Well, <laughs> then you can start with creating um, face to camera content. That is very easy to do. It's just organic, just talking in front of the camera. You can make compilation posts with photos and videos that you already have, right? You can use green screen videos and talk about a post that you've already created. And while you're making new content by adding a layer on top of that, right? Um, and there's content that you can create without even having to show your face. And so you can repurpose that to TikTok, right? And, and I got to tell you guys something. I am not a TikTok person. Um, and I'll, we can talk about my beliefs about TikTok or whatever. But so I have a TikTok, but I rarely post on it. And I do focus my energy on Instagram. Um, but if you are posting on TikTok and Instagram, you can repurpose a lot of content. Um, and you, so you pick the platform to answer your question. You pick the platform that you that is easiest for you to adapt to. Um, so if you're a writer first, Twitter or LinkedIn. If you're photos first, Instagram. If you're videos first, then TikTok and Instagram, right? And then YouTube, right? So, you know, you have to pick pick which one you want, right? Um, and then uh, and then just continuously like learn how to how the algorithm on other platforms work and learn how to repurpose that content on other platforms. <laughs> Love that. Love it. You know, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, let me explain why. You know, in 2020, mm -hmm. I decided to grow my network and mm -hmm. post content on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Pinterest, name them, uh, YouTube everywhere. And, uh -huh. you know, the best results that I got, like five followers a day, 100 views. Then I switch all my attention to my strong sides and uh, focusing on LinkedIn, where I grew my audience. I got a lot of customers. Uh, because of focusing, even repurposing content to different mm -hmm. platforms takes time. No, so uh, you mentioned that you do, uh, you have TikTok, but you don't post on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, you post on Instagram because of focusing. You focus yes. on 
some places where you like. And I found many content creators give up that you mentioned. They burn out because they are trying to cover a lot with low engagement. But mm-hmm. if you do in your loving platform, you can go ahead. No, nobody yeah. can stop you. Yeah, I remember PewDiePie posted uh, like 100 videos on YouTube to get uh-huh. 285 subscribers. Right now he yeah. has 110 million. Mr. Beast posted content for a year and a half to get only 1,000 subscribers. They, everyone knows Mr. Beast. Because mm-hmm. of consistency, they didn't give up, they didn't burn out because of loving what you do. Let's talk about consistency. Can you tell how yeah. it's important to be consistent and why uh, consistency can help to grow? Yeah, sure. So I think one thing that I've learned about the different algorithms on different platforms is that consistency does not mean what you think it means. So on Instagram, for example, consistency doesn't necessarily mean posting every day, right? So the way that like, you know, reels oftentimes works is that consistency is like posting your reel on the same day every week, not day after day. However, Instagram does work on a 24 hour algorithm. So, but that old content does still get sent out to you know new people. So you could see content from somebody that you know it's it's January already that happened last month or the month before. So understanding what consistency means to each algorithm for each platform is really important. Um, and then I would say scaling that back to what consistency means for you. So mm-hmm. most likely, if you are watching this video, you probably are a business owner of some sort, and you're busy with everything else in your life. I mean, running a business is is grueling. No matter if it's a start, if it's a startup, if it's a small business, no matter what, you know, it's a really hard job. And creating content is this new thing where you have to do it so regular, so much regularly that uh, it takes away from like running the actual business and serving your actual customers or whatever it is that you do. And so you need to figure out for yourself what is going to work with your existing schedule, with your existing work schedule. So whether that's batching content, which I highly, 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 highly recommend is batching as much content as you can. Um, One of the things that I love that's in trend right now, especially with Instagram, is just setting up your phone and taking video of yourself just doing your everyday things. Um, that is like really important. That's it's really great for for content, right? Because it's just you like maybe filling orders or writing at your desk or whatever. But you can turn that into snippets of content that will help you be you know more consistent for like say the Instagram algorithm, which is every twenty four hours, you know that it cycles and it resets. So um, I think planning as much as possible, which means if you're currently in an in, in a content cycle. And you're sitting like feeling already on January 16th, feeling burnt out, slow down and create a content calendar and then spend a couple of days making all that content that you need for all the content that you planned and then start editing it together and then schedule it to post. So you may have to slow down for a week or two in order to get that going. And then every month, spend about a week batching all that content that you're going to post for all of the rest of the month or the following month. Um, but batching and organizing and planning, I think, is like the most important thing because nothing's worse than getting up on January 1 and being like, I'm going to post content every day. You know, <laughs> I have no content and I have no content planned, nothing, but I'm going to post every day. And then, you know, it's two o'clock on January 1st and you're sitting on your couch 
and I and I know this because I know people that that were like this. And they're sitting on your couch and you're scrolling through your photos and you're like, what what am I going to post today? Like I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. This is all nothing, you know. Um, and then you're stuck and then you get discouraged because you can't continue, you know, you're with your plans. You can't follow through on your plans. And, and so you get disappointed and you get disappointed in yourself and then you, you know, you give up. You give up by January 3rd. You know, you're like, okay, this is too hard. Never mind. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. Okay, let's talk about ideas. Uh, can you tell how you find ideas? Because many content creators ask me how to find ideas, to post consistency, because they don't know what to post. Any insights how to find great ideas that will provide results? Uh-huh. So I find ideas. Oh, gosh, let's see. First of all, I scroll through my my late latest thing is to scroll through Instagram or TikTok mm-hmm. and I save ideas. So mm-hmm. I save something that I like. And now I run multiple feeds on Instagram. And and so I either send myself a message to the account that I think this idea is good for um, so that I can save it later. And um, and after I save it, then I go through it like maybe like the next morning, I'll take a few and I'll, I have, you know, a really good, I use Monday. It's a, you know, it's a CRM, but it's also a content calendar, an mm-hmm. all-in-one, you know, management. And in my spreadsheet, I save the link. I put the link there and I write a description of what it is. And then, and if it's in a category, well, then my spreadsheet has categories. So holiday, and then I break that category holiday into Christmas, you know, New Year, Thanksgiving or whatever. So I'm always looking for content that services on my feed that fits into a specific box. You know, if it's like, if you're on my Daisy Joe, you know, feed, um, business, modeling, investing, you know, and I'm always like just going through and saving content and then adding it to my spreadsheet in the proper category. Um, And then when I'm ready to create new pieces of content, I go to my spreadsheet and I look at all the links that I've collected and I think about, okay, well, what do I want to talk about this month or next month? What do I want to make content about? And so I end up with this huge like dump, you know, swipe file, if you will, of content ideas. And yeah, so... Do I relax? Do I have much time to relax at night? Well, you know, it's, it's it, it, it ends up working out. I don't do it every night, but I do end up doing it like two to three nights a week. And part of it is that, you know, I have to do my engagement anyway, right? You have to engage mm-hmm. with other people's content. Um, and, you know, my people leave me messages and stuff like that in comments and I have to respond. So I just, you know, batch it all together. And while I'm, while I'm responding, while I'm engaging and stuff like that, I just save and send it to, you know, whatever account. And I know that tomorrow morning, the next morning, it's going to be there for me to add to my spreadsheet. So that's how I do it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I got it. I got it. And, you know, I like that you respond to the comments because, you know, many content creators, you know, they don't do it because, for example, Tony Robbins, uh, doesn't respond. Gary V doesn't respond. But yeah. you know, I don't know how to reply to a million comments. You know, they have a lot of comments, a huge audience. Uh, when you deserve this audience, yeah, you can ignore this step because mm-hmm. you you can't you can't satisfy anyone. You can't reply yeah. to anyone. But if you keep growing, it's important. Can you tell? Uh, how much do you spend to respond to the comments and uh, what kind of responses uh, can help or give a solid reason to uh, someone who left these comments to comment more on your next post? 
Yeah. So, um, so, so what, first thing I want to talk about, and, and I'll, you know, draw, bring it back around to that is mm -hmm. um, you, these social media platforms are really great for networking, right? So to put mm -hmm. this in all in context, it's really great for relationship building. It's really great for networking. So in responding to comments, you have to think about, oh, I'm just responding to this person because they like my post, or am I responding to this person because I want to build a relationship with them? You know, and so I, I come from that approach with everything is that I want to build a relationship with, with most of the people that are commenting on my feeds. Um, and that's for, for various reasons, right? And I've learned that engaging with fans, people that are purely your fans, you know, they, they bring a specific type of value which is the inspiration, the motivation to keep going, right? And when you're a small creator or a mid-sized creator, even if you're a large creator, I think it's very important, you know, you might not be able to get to like a million, you know, comments, but you know, you can get to like the top 20, right? And, um, and so I think that's really important to do that. And so what I do is um, there are people that I know that when I see them comment on my feed that I want to build a relationship with. So I prioritize them. I try to respond with very thoughtful comments um, and, and very thoughtful responses because, you know, I want them to continue to comment. And also I want to bring the conversation into the DMs and also into my inbox, right? Outside of in Instagram. Um, and then there's people that, especially when it's like when you're like, for example, a beauty influencer or a beauty a fashion content creator, right? A lot of brands might, you know, you want to build relationships with. So that's an approach to think about it, right? Um, but then also when they're just like your colleagues, right? Like a lot of other creators that, you know, are in my same categories, for example, whether it's women in business, whether it's modeling, whether it's, you know, um, beauty and fashion influencing or whatever, you know, they comment on my, my, my feed. And I don't see a lot of people see this as competition or like something else, you know, um, that's like, you know, negative, but I really, it's, it's really important to be supported by your peers. You know, and, and and coming from Hollywood and, and coming from a business background, you you really know how important that is to be supported by your peers because your fans are seeing something that you created, but they haven't seen all of the work that you've gone through to create that thing, right? But your peers have, and your peers when they see you do something spectacular on social, right? Um, whether it's like a really great editing edited video or something like that, they know how much effort and work that took. Right. If you've got a big brand collab, you know, with like I've, I've done some really big brand collabs lately that I'm very proud of. And and I just got asked to do one with a really big department store. I'm super excited about it. It took a lot of work to get that. OK, it, it took a lot of work to get it for the for the rate that I asked. Right. My my peers understand that because they're going through the same thing. Your fans appreciate it but you really need that community support. So that's how I prioritize all my comments. Um, and, and I recommend everyone's, you know, if you wanna be in the creator space in any kind of capacity, allow your peers to support you and support your peers because they're the ones that are gonna be there when it's a dark day and you don't get something that you want or, you know, you worked really hard on the project and, and it only got two likes, <laughs> you know, two likes and zero comments or something. You know, they're the ones that are gonna be there for you. So, and that's how I, I address it. Yeah, by the way, our main topic uh, is to create content for top funnel. And uh, I found that many, no, for example, if I get a uh, hundred views, a uh, hundred thousand views, uh, like thousand likes and comments and can sell, 
I'm not sure it's a good idea, no, for a business goal. But if you get no likes, no comments, but you can sell product, <laughs> it's for me, it's better, much better. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's talk about uh, another aspect. You know, you mentioned that you prioritize uh, replying to comments. Uh, and how to handle uh, negative stuff, uh, haters uh, who never create any content, but they love to criticize others. Any insights about that? Yeah, you know, um, I, I will say I'm a very fortunate where I've only had a few negative comments um, on my page as a whole. And and when I did um, have those negative comments, it was around, you know, a global event. It was around COVID. It was around George Floyd, the, you know, the thing that happened here in America mm -hmm. yep. in 2020. Um, it was around that, right? Those are the, that is all the negative comments that I've ever received in, in my social media history, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, one day I was live streaming and somebody called me uh, a derogatory name um, and, and it, but I didn't see it, you know, live streaming is so engaging that you, yeah. you, you, cause you can't let a dead, you can't have a dead moment at all. So I didn't see it until after the live stream was over, you know, and you just move on. I mean, what am I going to do about it then? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, um, so I'm, I'm very, so I, I will say I'm very, I'm very happy that I don't have to, you know, I'm very grateful that I don't have to deal with that as often. Um, you know, and it seems to be only around global events, I guess. Um, but I do know that people lurk on my page that particular that don't particularly care for me. I'll put it that way. And they just watch to see, I don't know, like they're wishing for something negative to happen or something. And you're aware of that because, you know, maybe you've met the person before or whatever. Right. But they're just lurkers. And that can also have a psychological impact. Um, but, you know, the way I look at it is like um, I had, you know, I had a really challenging childhood and mm -hmm. and in my and then into my young adulthood i had a really challenging time and and i had a lot of people that kind of like judged me based on you know my experience that had nothing mm -hmm. to do with me and so I, I had a lot of time and a lot of uh social education and learning mm -hmm. um how people think and how they approach how they approach other people and so um I just really try to focus on myself and it's not always easy. Um, I, I think people in person actually uh, affect me more than people on social media. So I, I am in my personal life, I'm very introverted. So um, I prefer to be like in environments like this or, or like around other creators or other business people. Like my holes, all my circles are very, very small. It's creators, mm -hmm. business people, it's investors. Um, and, and how I feel in, in real life environments is has much more of a psychological impact on me than people on social media and i would say that is my unique gift um, i know a lot of people don't have that um but i, I had to go through a lot to get to get that i had to earn that you know really a, a lot <laughs> yeah i love it love it yeah uh, once i read the book interesting book uh um about the girl uh, and, you know, she was an introvert, so introvert, you know, she didn't have any friends, uh, she was alone, but she decided to post content uh, uh, online uh, and million people started to follow her, mm -hmm. million people because of her personality, because uh, many people are the same. And what I like on the story, uh, you need to surround yourself 
people, uh, people with your interest, you know, then you, you can get happiness, you can feel much better, you know, and you mentioned that you like to have some people around you. Uh, so that's great, you know, uh, and uh, about haters, once I read uh, about uh, 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 Gary Vee, by the way, uh, shared about haters. He told that he doesn't read negative comments because he doesn't want to know that someone uh, hates him. You know, okay, uh, you have the reason to hate me. Uh, it's your choice, but I don't want to know about that. You know, yeah. because yeah. <laughs> in the same uh, Seth Godin, yeah, Seth Godin told that he uh, stopped reading Amazon comments on his books. Uh, mm -hmm. from uh, since 2011, uh, like 11 wow. years, because he doesn't want to know that someone hates his books. You know, he wants to get only positive feeling. Okay, my book uh, is not for everyone. It's okay, mm -hmm. you know. Choose other authors or uh, watch TV if you like and hate the reading. It's up to you. But uh, if you don't like it, you know, uh, these uh, prominent guys don't want to know that someone hates them, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I completely you can understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have the question about top funnel. Okay, let's talk uh -huh. about that. You know, yeah. once I got a client and he told me uh, he lost uh, 400,000 traffic a month mm -hmm. uh, on Google but he didn't lose any sales so he got a lot of traffic huge traffic but this traffic didn't sell any products can you tell how to unite your content strategy with uh funnel uh, sales funnel top funnel bottom funnel to get actually results yeah so um it's it's not always easy it's not always cut and dry right um and that's like perfect evidence because you can have a lot of traffic and it doesn't mean that that traffic is going to convert so then what do you say about your traffic? It's, it, and one of the things that you can say is like, oh, um, I am not writing or creating tra traffic or creating content, whether that's written or video or photos, right? That is convincing people enough to sell, to sell them something. It's convincing them enough to click, but it's not convincing them enough to sell. So you have to look at, it's probably not your top of funnel because your top of funnel is what gets eyeballs. It's probably like, a couple of steps, right? Before they see, when they click and they see the product or whatever it is, product or service. And so you have, he, he should, or whoever this person is, needs to really evaluate what is in the sandwich, which I like to call it. You know, the sandwich with the top of funnel, the top red, and then the, the bottom is like when they click the buy button, you know, and the, what's in here that's, that's turning people off. Because if all of those traffic, if all of that traffic happened, but then there was no sales, there's something going on there that is telling people that people are saying, ah, I don't, I don't really want this. I don't really need this. Right. And it could be so many things. It could be that the copy is just not that good um, by not that good. I mean, like it's, it's, it's not explaining to them what they're getting enough or why they should purchase whatever it is. It could be the, the end product itself where they realize like, oh, this is overpriced. Right. So if you can look at your traffic and you can analyze where they have clicked out of your funnel, where they have closed the tab, that should tell you a lot. Um, and yeah. so if it's a if it's a blog post, uh, then, you know, if they're getting down to the end, uh, but they're not, you know, they're stopping midway and then they're just like 
you know, closing the page, or if it's like they're getting to checkout and then they're looking at the taxes and the shipping and they're going, wow, this just got very, very expensive. <laughs> and then they're, and they're clicking out. I mean, so that's, that's one thing that I would say that that person needs to analyze is like, where are they closing the tab um, in the sandwich? Nice, nice, nice. Okay, Daisy, I have the question about common mistakes. Can you list mistakes that content creators still do and how to find a much better way? Yeah, so one of the biggest mistakes that creators do is just give up too early, right? Mm -hmm. They make a video yeah. and they look at their, their traffic and they go, you know, they make a video, they post it on Instagram or whatever, and they realize that no one actually clicked the link in their bio and then they give up. So I see that as a number one deterrent because there's so many dead accounts on Instagram or in any social media platform where people started and then they just, they just gave up. Right. Number two is that they get stuck when you talk about top of funnel content, they get stuck in a particular style. So they don't try anything new, um, which is very difficult to be fair. You know, it's not easy to like try something you've never tried before. If you're not used to talking in front of a camera, it can be very intimidating. But the algorithm favors, you know, following trends in a lot of ways. And it also favors um, using all of the features in the platform, whatever platform that is. You know, these, the, the, these platforms like you to try, use all of their features. So whether that's going live, which I really hate on Instagram and I'll be honest, like that's a mistake that I don't do is that like, I don't go live very often. Um, and, um, but I'll go live on Amazon. I go live on YouTube or whatever. Right. So you have to mm -hmm. figure out what you want to do. Um, the number one, another same mistake they do. So we're on number three now is that they don't have a call to action, right? Um, you don't need to have a call to action on every post, but you need to have a call to action somewhere, right? You need to know people want to know why are they consuming this? Okay. This is entertaining, but at the end of the day, I'm tired of being entertained. What am I supposed to do? Why are you here? Right? So like, if you're looking at Instagram or even YouTube, um, you might watch a funny video. I think a lot of meme accounts miss this. They miss this whole opportunity. They post funny memes or funny meme videos. And then you go to their page and you're trying to figure out like, where are they monetizing? What are they, why are they here to do this? Like to come up with these memes is a labor of love. So what do you want me to do, <laughs> you know, um, or else you get tired and then, you know, the jokes get old and then you click off, right? Um, number four is, is having a really crappy click through. So when they click your LinkedIn buyer or whatever it is, um, I, this is a pet peeve of mine to the extreme, which this takes a lot of work to be fair, but a lot of creators, their top of funnel is amazing. Their feed is gorgeous or their feed is so organized. And then I'm just like, huh, wow, they make great content. This takes a lot of work. Let me click their link in bio. And then they're selling some really terrible fitness course with like grainy 480 video you know mm -hmm. and and like the the copy there's not even um a product description on everything that they're trying to buy you there's no product description you know like it's not even a trusted site like it doesn't even have like the https which you can just automatically click the box on like most e-commerce platforms you know um it's just it's just done so what so poorly um and that's because you know they they know, understand instagram but they don't understand that the 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 stakes of like you know being on these social media platforms is that there's low barrier to entry and so i really appreciate people that can follow through on their clicks you know when everybody click clicks their links that like it's as flawless as their feed 
And that's something that I really focus on. Like I won't launch something, even though it's very easy to quick and launch something. I really like everything to be as, as crisp as it is in my feeds. And if it's not, then I'm redoing it because this is your brand. And this is where, you know, that is everything. Uh, top of funnel is marketing. But when people click that link, that is branding. And that's where it switches. So that's number four. And number one, I did not do these in any particular order, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great list. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Love it. And then, and then like, the last one. Oh, wait, I think I have one more. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the last one is, is not like engaging with your audience, right? It's like mm -hmm. these are the people that are following you. They're giving you the most valuable thing they have is their time and attention. So treat them like that, you know, treat them with respect, um, treat them like you want them to be there because they can leave. It's a click of a button to leave. Um, and a lot of a lot of creators, a lot of people that want to be creators, they do not appreciate the people that are, are following them. And I think that's really important. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Awesome. Great list. Great list. Daisy, I have the question about uh, another aspect that can stop content creators failure. You know, when you uh, create content, nobody cares, you can't sell, you can't get engagement, anything. Uh, once uh, I watched interview with Shaquille O'Neal and he talked uh, about failure. He told uh, when he starts uh, something new, he always fails, always. Yeah. But he feels it's like education. You know, you need mm -hmm. to get this education to go ahead. Now, and um, I check out a few studies online that many content creators, uh, I think most content creators don't start, but 50% uh, of them uh, don't create the second episode of podcast, don't write the second article, don't uh, film the second video because they can't get results with the first one. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. You know, <laughs> for me to get results with the first article, you need to have this authority, you need to have this loyal audience, but if you start from mm -hmm. scratch, I'm not sure it's possible. So any insights, uh, how to go ahead and learn from failures? Um, you know, I oftentimes feel like in one way or another, my whole life has been a bunch of failures. And the only reason that I got successful is because I kept going. Right. Yeah. So nice. um, when I first started modeling, I had a lot of failures. I was a teenager. I had a ton of failures, a ton of no's. You know, um, it was I got really lucky with the Miss Jamaica stuff and and that really helped. But I had a lot of failures. That was one thing that took off. But then after that, I had a ton of failures. Right. And then but then I got successful. And the reason I got successful is because I kept going. Right. The reason why I got Mr. Jamaica was because I kept going with modeling. Right. And and so my goal was never to win, you know, any of these any of the international pageants. It was just to get a platform. Right. And so I think there's two things here. Number one is do not expect I don't it is very entitled to expect to hit it out of the ballpark on your first try. Right. Um, um, something that you've never done before. It is in it is insane. That is an insane amount of ego to have that you are just going to walk into something and you're going to be so good without ever being making a video before that the world is just going to fall in love with you. Eighty billion, eight billion people are going to just like, you know, like fall off their seats. Like, wow, this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> that is not the case. No matter who you are anywhere, 
right? The second thing, so so making that first video or whatever it is, and then keep going on and on and on and on and on. Because as the examples you've given with Shaq, with, Shaq, with Mr. Beast, with PewDiePie, all of those people, even like Marquez Brownlee, right? Like all of these people had to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, the second thing is like, uh, it is an education when you fail, right? It is an absolute education um, when you when you fail. So what did you learn? And then you get up and you you make corrections and you try again, right? And nobody cares. Nobody is judging you. I mean, some people are judging, but screw them. So what? Right? That's the only way you're going to learn at anything. You know, when you went into kindergarten, you had to say your ABCs. You probably missed a couple of out letters. You know, before you got all 26 letters ticked down. Right, or however many letters it is. I'm I'm 42 years old. I don't even remember how many letters are in the alphabet. Right, it's been a long time since I've had to say all of them. Right, so it's been a very long time. But you know, when you're in kindergarten, you you can't even count to 10. You know, you skip a letter. But what happens? You try again and you try again and you try again until you get it right. And then when you get to 10 and it's like and it's flawless, you are the happiest kid on the planet. Okay, because you just conquered your biggest hurdle. Right, which was getting to 10 or saying the whole alphabet. I mean, you know, even walking. I mean, how many times when you're a baby, do you have children? Yeah. Yeah. And daughter. How many, yeah. How many times when you're a baby, when you have children, do they, yeah. they crawl, stand up, try to stand up, and then fall? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just a part of life. It is, it is just the human condition. It is nothing more, nothing less than that. So the way that I manage failure and I, I recommend other people to manage failure is not put so much focus on it. It is, it is just a human, a, a human condition. That's all it is. And the quicker you can get over it and try again, the better off you're gonna be. And if you just sit around, like I don't have children, but I, I watch children, you know, outside all the time. And mm -hmm. they're relentless. You know, they yeah. are determined, you know, and, you know, you <laughs> determined. I mean, even dogs, right? Like even pets, you know, you tell your puppy no, and your pup two minutes later, they're back to peeing on the carpet. You know, they're determined to do what they want. So um, I just think as we get older, um, part of like our society just ingrains in us the idea that failure is bad and that failure at something means that we are failures in life. And you can't be a failure in life because you're already here. You were already born, so you can never be a failure at life. You are living. You are literally surviving every day. That is a win, you know. Um, yeah. And so that's the way I look at it, and that's the way I recommend everyone and everyone look at it, and that's what I tell everyone when they that ever tells me that they fail, you know. <laughs> You're very encouragement. I love it. Inspirational, you know. Uh, once I read uh, about a guy who failed 14 years. 14 years without mm -hmm. any sales, without results. Today, he has a billion dollars, 56 uh, companies uh, around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a close friend to Jeff Bezos, and he told that Jeff Bezos called him a crazy guy <laughs> because around uh, 14 years without results, but mm -hmm. he didn't give up. You know, yeah. he believed in his idea. He believed that he could create this product and he won in the end. So yeah, 14 years, it's a lot. So yeah, I love it. I love it. I agree hundred percent. And uh, winners always go ahead. Losers, uh, they start to complain because it's 
simple to complain. No, mm -hmm. much simpler to complain that you can't, that uh, you have some excuses, you have some circumstances. I, I know that, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, for example, in Ukraine, uh, in 2008, I lost my uh, first business because of the world crisis. In 2013, mm -hmm. I lost my second business because of Ukrainian revolution. But, mm -hmm. you know, I just, okay, okay, I lost, okay, I lost a lot of money, okay, I lost resources, but uh, I have two hands, two legs, you know, I have health, it's enough, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, the most important, you have experience, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daisy, I have the final question. Okay. Let's imagine you started from scratch, mm -hmm. you, you uh, didn't take part in uh, Miss Jamaica, you mm -hmm. didn't do anything, just completely from scratch. What will you do today to learn more about content creation? Wow. Um, so I oftentimes think of that um, because so I competed as Miss Jamaica in 2005. So mm -hmm. that's almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And still to this day, people refer to me as Miss Jamaica. And it, so it's amazing. And at that time, somebody told me or many people told me that um, I had to do something right away or else the opportunity was going to go away. And, and I was going to miss my I was going to miss my opportunity. And and I was like, huh? Like, no. And then and then and then, you know, what happened? I got really sick. So I had meningitis. Right. Mm -hmm. I got very sick and and I lost a lot of time. And I've, obviously I lost my health. Right. And I had to rebuild everything. And then when I was sick, my house got broken into and all of my computers and everything got stolen and i had to move it was very very traumatic obviously just between being sick and then having my house like broken into like that it was it was very traumatic and so i had to start over and you know you know what i did i looked at what i already had what i already had going on whatever that was right mr baker by that time was like i was like two years later you know um i was like does anybody really care uh you know um, my business at that time that i had before that had i had to you know sell all of my assets and and you know i basically started over and that and i was you know for all intents and purposes i was very i was broke very broke and so i had to start over and and the one thing i did was i got a job i got a job as a spokesperson for um, a scholarship program. And, and it was something that kept me busy, but it was something that allowed me to use all of my skills. So pageants is all about walking, talking, and waving, right? And so I got to go to all these schools and walk and talk and wave at these children, these, these middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I created a new, a new cycle of fans, right? Because all these kids are very impressionable and now they're seeing me in a different light and I brought my crowns, I brought everything with me. Um, and so I say that to say that you always have something to work with, even when you're, you know, completely down and out, you always have something to work with. And, you know, for me at that time, it was what I had. Um, if I didn't have that, it would have been something else. You're never without something. When I came to California, I didn't have anything. Okay. I had, I had absolutely mm -hmm. nothing. Uh, I didn't even have a title. Okay. So I had to figure out what I had to offer and, and I had to make people believe that they it was valuable for them. And at that time it was pre, you know, MySpace, pre, you know, social media. And so I had to go around, you know, person to person. And, and at that time, like, okay, I had a business degree and I had a, a personal training certification. And I had about 
you know, four or five years of modeling experience. And so I had to combine that and, and then just talk to a ton of people. I would talk to everyone, anyone. I would be in Trader Joe's and, and if anyone asked me, anybody, any compliment anybody gave me, I would tell them I'm a model. They, people comment me, compliment my hair, right? So, oh, I'm a hair model. Right, I'm a hair model. They'd be like, "Oh man, you're you have a great body. You're very fit." Oh, I'm a personal trainer. Right, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever it was, you know. Oh, you know, like oh, you know, some guys would hit on me, you know, and I would like give them my resume, and I would give them my resume because like I was looking for opportunity, not necessarily a boyfriend, but you know, in in this day and age, a boyfriend can lead to opportunity. So I just talked to everyone that I possibly could and tried to make something out of every relationship that I had. And that was e exhausting because, you know, there was no no social media. You couldn't sit at home. Mm -hmm. I was literally going every day in the gym for two hours and I would just like work out in there um, before my job, before my job started so that I could meet all the people that were coming through and it's Hollywood. So there was a lot of successful people coming through the gym that I could meet. And then I would go to the next, wherever I was going next, you know, um, and and just like really network and handshake and meet people. And it, like I said, even if it was Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. So I think um, it's really important to build a network, um, no matter what you do, no matter whether it's social media or in person, you build a network. Um, I think it's really important also to know what your strengths are. Um, for me, like I said, walking, talking, and waving. I had a lot of training with uh, speaking in the cam to the camera and with speaking with people in person. So I went through a lot of finishing school. So I knew how to present myself. Um, I knew I had great hair. So I used that, you know. <laughs> I knew people liked my smile. So I would smile all day long, walking, talking, and waving all day long. Um, and, and that's how I got a lot of opportunities. To be honest, that's how most of everything happened to me was just using what I have, what I was born with. Um, and, and the little bit of training that I had before, you know, I got my first big opportunity. And, um, and I think everyone has something. So you just have to figure out what your thing is and, and, you know, have a lot of intellectual honesty about it and figure out how to, how to enhance it because that is going to be your calling card. Nice, nice. I love it. Awesome, awesome, Daisy. It's a big pleasure to get on the show, Thank to you learn so from you. Tell our audience the best way how to learn more about you, follow you, reach out to you. Yes, absolutely. So um, on you can follow me on Instagram at Daisy Joe. That's D-A-I-S-I-J-O, which is my name right here. Um, you can also on every platform, you can find me by that. Um, you can if you want to learn more about top of funnel content creation. Um, one of my companies is my product model. So um, we do a lot of top of funnel content creation for brands. Um, and we are offering courses and stuff like that and, and training and consultation for um, creating content for your product based brand and even your service-based brands. So those are the places you can find me. And if you Google Daisy Joe, um, even if you just Google Daisy with an I, I will come up because <laughs> nice, nice. Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. You can use Google, but you can use our podcast description. You can find all these links. <laughs> Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. I Thank love you so much. our conversation. So Thank valuable, you. fun. And guys, you need to follow Daisy on Instagram, any other platforms, open your website, search on Google and keep learning because you can see a lot of valuable insights. Okay, guys, love you. See you. 
Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.